Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Welcome to Save the Cowboy. It's a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. Okay? Um, You know, if this was a gym... There would be some really fit people, and most of us would be out of shape, okay? And we're all working towards the same goal here. Some of us are at different levels. I know a lot of you out there have have been working really hard, and you're starting to get it. And I know some of you are just starting your journey, and some of you are just here thinking, I don't know if I can do this or not. Let us encourage you. You can do this, because you don't have to depend upon yourself. Depend upon God. This is a ministry, okay? This is a ministry, Jesus had a ministry. What is a ministry? A ministry is where you meet the needs of others, okay? That's what we teach you how to do. I don't want you sitting out there going, well, I wonder how he's going to meet my needs. No, that's the wrong attitude to have. We're going to show you how to meet the needs of others, and because of that, God said, if you meet the needs of others, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide everything for you. So that's what we're here to teach you how to do. Uh, With that being said, the goal of Save the Cowboy... The goal of Save the Cowboy is for you to develop a personal relationship with God that will evidence itself into a ministry of some sort. I do not know what your ministry will be, okay? Maybe you don't know what your ministry will be, but it is all about us training you. We're, you know, it's not all about, you know, get involved with Save the Cowboy. I want you to have a personal relationship with God. If you have come here today expecting me and Ty to feed you, you're going to starve to death, okay? Because my job is not to feed you. My job is to give you the recipe so that you can go home and cook, okay? That's what this is all about. So uh, gather, grow, and go. Gather the lost and bring back those that are strayed away. There ain't nothing more cowboy than Ezekiel 34, 16. And then we also do the grow part. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then we will transfer that to go out into the world and make disciples of all men and all nations. That's what we're here to do. And you're a part of that. You are listening. You are here today in whatever form or fashion because God has called you. Congratulations. And somewhat, I'm sorry, because it's going to be rough. Okay? <laughs> But nothing, you know, nothing worth it is ever easy, okay? Most people miss out on amazing because they're scared of difficult. Well, this is going to be difficult, but it's also going to be amazing. And we're going to go on that ride together. I with you, you with me. And we're all going to ride for God. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. When I first got to Kiowa, Colorado, it was during the summer. Sometime we moved up here in March, and it was in the summer. And there was something going on at the arena over here at the fairgrounds. And so I had gone up to the local pizza joint, and uh, I, there was somebody in there that I knew, and I said, what's going on? I'd only been here for, you know, two months or so. I said, what's going on up at the arena? Saw a lot of horse trailers, lots of cowboys, and they said, well, it's, it's, it's a big loop roping. I said, what's a big loop roping? They're like, oh, you know, they, they use those 60-foot ropes, and, you know, they throw all these fancy shots. And I said, why? You can just be a cowboy and just rope it. You ain't got to use a bunch of fancy shots. I was like, that's all silly stuff. Well, 
About a year later, I met a fellow named Ty Weber, and he introduced me to Big Loop Roping, and I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds good, you know, I was kind of having to eat crow, and he said, why don't you come rope with us sometime? And then, instead of just thinking of it as a stereotype, you know, this Texas attitude or something like that, that we can't learn anything, God impressed upon me, he said, did you come up here to teach? And I was like, yes, sir. And he said, then you must be able to learn in order to teach. So why don't you go learn something new and I'll open up some more doors for you. <sighs> okay, God, I'll go learn how to big loop rope. Well, I ain't never done anything so hard in my entire stinking life. He was showing me these loops where, where, where like you, you, you throw this big old loop and it goes up in the air and the loop completely turns over and you catch a cow with it. And I promise you, I remember standing out in my front yard with a 60-foot rope and pulling hamstrings trying to get that rope to turn over. It is not as easy as time makes it look. And there's also a deal called a backhand turnover. I still cannot do that. It is against the laws of nature and physics to make a backhand turnover. I cannot do it. I promise you one time. The last time, and it's been a couple of months because you know, my arm's been messed up. But the last time I tried to throw a backhand turnover, I am not kidding you. I pulled the muscle that starts behind your right ear and ends at the top of your butt. I pulled that thing trying to throw a backhand turnover. Well, okay. Well, maybe I need to practice again, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so, uh, you know, Ty started teaching me. I would go over to the house. Man, the first, I, I guarantee you, I, I thank God for him because he could have given up on me because I bet he invited me four or five times before I finally said, yes, I would go. Because I, because I didn't know how to do that. Here I am, a cowboy preacher, and I talk about cowboy and all over the place, and then I was going to get out there and make a fool of myself. But he didn't give up on me, and I went out there, and I was like, hey, man, this is kind of cool. This is kind of cool. And so uh, I started teaching me, and I wasn't always the best student. I mean, I... <laughs> It's a wonder he didn't try to whip me in the arena a couple of times because I'd get mad like, I am doing that. He's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and so anyway, he was, he was kind of patient <laughs> sometimes. I mean, you know, for the most part, he was a good, well, he's always a good teacher. Sometimes he was patient with me. I wore his patience thin. But things kind of started coming together. I mean, you know, everything that he had, had been teaching me started to come together, and after two years of doing this, I decided to put my money up against other great cowboys and cowgirls, and I was going to go out there, and I was going to compete in the Rocky Mountain Ranch Horse and Stock Horses, or Ranch Roping and Stock Horse Association. It's an acronym about this long, the RMR Elemental Coach A. That's what it's called. And so, anyway, the very first roping that I, that I went to, uh, I won second place. The next one that I went to, I won third place. The next one I went to, I didn't even make the short go. <laughs> I didn't get nothing roped, and that was the local roping where everybody was, and they just watched me go out there and throw my rope in the dirt for about three hours. And so, but with, with my wins, I had accumulated uh, enough stuff to make the finals. And I was lucky enough to... Uh, in the finals, I was the only man on all of the teams. I roped with two women 
on, on all three teams. And I guarantee you, I want to have a shirt made that says, I rope like a girl, because these girls were top hands. And to the point on one of our teams, we made it to the short go the last round, and we were going in at first place, and basically all we had to do was catch. That's it. Now, I had missed 12 head loops that day. I had not roped the front end of a critter all day long. I had thrown about 12 head loops, and I had missed every time. I'd had some nice heel shots. But as we are getting ready to ride in, one of the ladies rides over to me. She goes, I want you to head this one. I was like, oh, no. She's better. She was a better roper than I was. And I was like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden, another lady that was not on my team came up, and she goes, you know what? Go out there and have fun. I was like, okay. And then my teacher came up to me. Ty came up to me. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, just get out there and do it. I know what you're capable of. And he turned around and walked off. And I wanted to make him proud. I think I was more nervous about making Ty proud because I knew all of the hard work that he had put in to me of, of offering his place. And I was roping his cattle that he was feeding. And he didn't charge me a dime. He's going to charge you a lot of money, okay? I'm just saying. He's going to charge you a lot of money, but he didn't charge me because I didn't have any, okay? That was his ministry. And so anyway, I wanted to make him very proud. I cared nothing about myself at that moment, but I wanted to make Ty proud. And I remember I walked in there, and I know I've, I've told this story before, but some of you hadn't heard it, but I go in there, and you know, just your basic overhand shot is the easiest shot, but it's the lowest points. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. So I started swinging a hula hand. I walked in there and they, they called out, I think it was 152. And there was like three groups. There was a group of cattle over here, a group of cattle over here, and one standing in the middle. And I got close enough where my beady eyes could pick out the number. And it was number 152. And I was swinging it and I was like, oh my gosh, he's standing by himself. And all of a sudden, it turned and looked at me, and before I knew it, my rope was flying. <sighs> Caught within like four seconds. Whack! And I could hear Ty. And I was like, yes, yes. And then I heard, get short, stupid! If you rope with Ty, you're going to hear him say that 4,000 times. Get short, get short, get short. So I got short and got up there, and we won the roping, okay? And after 42 years... Just being honest, after 42 years, I won my very first buckle. Won my very first buckle after 42 years. At the end of our series is where we are at called True Power. How to get it and how to use it. A month ago, we talked about true power comes from trusting in God's love. God is not mad at you. You cannot do anything once you ask him into your life and you give your life. doesn't mean that you're never going to make a mistake again, but you're never going to fall out of God's love because he has adopted you by his son's sacrifice. He's adopted you into the kingdom of God, and he will never give you up. You could leave if you wanted to, but he is never going to give up on you. God is not mad at you. He loves you with a love that is beyond what we can think of. And true power comes from trusting in that love that he has for us. Not trusting in how much we love him, but trusting in how much he loves us. And then we talked about trying to understand 
how much God loves us. Not just trusting, but learning to understand the different ways that God loves us offers us true power. And then last week, we talked about there being power in experiencing God's love. And we talked about different ways to do that. But true power, none of it will mean anything without number four. I mean, trusting in God's love, there's power in that. Understanding God's love, there's power in that. Experiencing God's love, man, that power is building up. But without number four, you'll never know it. No matter how much you trust, no matter how much you understand, I can sit here and talk and you can agree and memorize till you're blue in the face and you can even experience some of it. But until you do number four, you're never going to understand or come to your full potential of the power that is available to you. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's number four. Let me read that again. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely, infinitely more than we might ask or even think. Let me summarize what that says. It says, get out there and do it. And when they ask, give all credit to God. Use the power God has given you through what you've learned and the gifts He's given you, and you will accomplish more than you ever dreamed. That's number four. And isn't it amazing? Ty didn't tell me what he was going to talk about this morning, but he was talking about getting out there and doing it, and that's what number four is. Get out there and do it. There's three parts in that verse. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. All glory to God. Now, I, I went up to Patty Ann's this morning. I got done with my sermon early, and I went up to Patty Ann's and invited Ty, but he had some chores to do, so I sat at the bar by myself, and, uh, I, I, and I think God was using that because I sat there and I read something on my phone, and I thought, man, that fits perfectly into giving all glory to God. It's by a guy named Mark Mansfield said this, if a cowboy, well, he says a man, I changed it to cowboy, if a man lives for the glory of God, he stops looking for affirmation from other human beings after every good deed, a pat on the head every time he does his duty. Instead, he throws himself into his role unselfishly. He contents himself with knowing he is fulfilling his purpose in this world and pleasing the God who made him. That is what means to give all glory to God. Let me read it one more time. If a man lives for the glory of God, he stops looking for affirmation from other human beings after every good deed, and neither does he look for a pat on the head every time he does his duty. He throws himself into his role unselfishly. He contents himself with knowing he is fulfilling his purpose in this world and pleasing the God who made him. The very first part of number four is giving all glory to God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Ephesians 3.20. Give all glory to God. The second part says, through his mighty power at work within us. A cowboy is meant to carry such responsibility that he will descend into exhaustion and resentment if he does not have the mighty power from God that comes from living in connection with him. That's kind of a fancy way of saying that. 
But it said, a cowboy is meant to carry such responsibility that he will descend into exhaustion or resentment if he does not have the mighty power from God that comes from living in connection with him. Now, let me put that in a little simpler terms. What that's saying is, if you try to do things on your own, you're going to be exhausted and you're going to end up being depressed or resentful because you were not meant to depend upon yourself. You were meant to depend, as, as Paul says, through his mighty, through his mighty power at work within us. Have you found yourself just exhausted? I mean, you're just like, man, I just, I work and I work and I work and I work and I do this and I do this and I do this and I just try so hard and, and you just end up being uh, resentful or, or depressed or mad all the time. That's why you are depending upon yourself. You are not meant to depend upon yourself. Part four means that you need to give all glory to God. Quit looking for affirmation from people patting you on the back saying that you're doing such a good job. You do a good job for him. When you do a good job for him and you know that you have given him your all, you don't care if somebody comes and pats you on the back because you do everything for his glory. And the way that you do it is by depending upon what he has given you, not what comes from yourself. That's what leads to resentment. It's what leads to depression. You weren't meant to depend upon yourself. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. What does that mean to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think? This means that you cannot plan it. Folks, listen, it's not going to go the way you plan it. I love when people say, I'm a brand new Christian. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have this ministry, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You don't know much about God. Because all I ever wanted to do was just cowboy. So he made me a preacher, and I'm like, what? You can't be a cowboy and a preacher? And he goes, try me. And it's been amazing. But God is not going to do it according to your plans. You can have the best idea in the world. You know what God's going to say? Well, that's a pretty good idea. Now do it this way. And you know where you're, we start, but, but God, this is a really good idea. I'm going to try to do it this way. And then we wonder why it just fails miserably. If you want to accomplish infinitely more than you might ever ask for or even think of, you got to do it according to God's way. You cannot plan it. And I know that some of y'all are like me. Y'all Mr. Planty Planner Planner guys. You got the budget all laid out. And you got your rose-colored glasses on. And you're going to stay right within your comfort zone of what you like to do. And God's going to like, he look at your proposal and go, that was good. Now do it the way I told you to. That's the only way, folks. It, it's not going to be done like you want it done. God's going to take you places you can never get to on your own and do things through you that you could never accomplish by yourself. But you have got to start trusting in how much He loves you, okay? You've got to trust in how much He loves you. You've got to try to understand, and even though Paul does say in Ephesians chapter 3, we need to try to understand it, but we'll never be able to fully understand it. You need to understand how much God loves you. 
And then you need to get out there and do things so that you can experience God's love. But number four, I just said it. You got to get out there and do it. And you do it in three ways. Giving him the glory. Quit expecting your wife to pat you on the back for doing the dishes. You know? Quit looking for affirmations and pats on the head. You do the right thing. You do what God tells you to do. And you give him the glory. And you do that by not seeking affirmation from other people. Give God the glory. Depend on his power, not yours. You found yourself resentful. You're feeling a little depressed. You're feeling a little lost. It's because you've been depending upon what you can do instead of trusting in what God can do. Things ain't working out the way you want them. <laughs> Great, that means God's got another way. I'll just wait on him. Now that doesn't mean that we just got to go sit in the recliner until God zaps you with a lightning bolt, but you know what I mean. And when you do that, you're going to accomplish more than infinitely more than you can even ask for or even think of because it's not going to be your way. It's going to be God's way. And when you do these things, you will receive a crown. Maybe it'll be a buckle in heaven. But not just one buckle. Not just one buckle. Five of them. The Bible calls it the crown. There are five crowns that we will receive in heaven. Five buckles that we will get for doing our jobs down here. And Jesus himself said that the only works God requires of you is to believe in the one that he sent. And I ask you this question right now. If you believe in the one he sent, and if you say you do, then why aren't you doing what he told you to do? Simple as that. Is it scary? Absolutely. Will we be there for you? Yes. We will be there to help you with your burdens, but you got to carry your own load. We can't ride your horse for you. Five buckles we will receive in heaven. And we'll talk about those next time. But you notice, I'm not wearing my buckle today. I'm not wearing my buckle today. Because the true trophy down here isn't adornment for the body. It is a friendship, a brotherhood with my friend, with my student, and with my teacher. That's the true trophy that I received from everything that happened that day. This morning, I sat at my kitchen table working on this sermon. It was about 6.20, 6.30. Had the windows open, the cool breezes coming through, and I watched Ty drive up to check cows. 6.30 in the morning. Not checking his own cows, checking God's cows. He didn't text me, hey, I'm on my way so that you can see that I'm out here doing what God has called me to do. He just pulled up in his old pickup, got out, went and took care of his stuff, and then I texted him. I said, hey, I'm nearly done with my sermon. You want to go to Patty Ann's for breakfast? He goes, I can't. I hadn't even done my chores yet. He came out and took care of God's stuff before he took care of his own stuff. What an example y'all have in that man right there. What an example I have in that man. Come here, Ty. I want to give you something, and I think it is probably the only piece of cowboy gear that you do not have, and it's handmade, okay? Now, I know that you're never going to use it, okay? You'll never use it, but it's symbolic. I want to give you, this is mine, there's a horn knot. In Texas, we tie on, we don't dally. And this is the first ever Long X Ranch horn knot that was custom made for me. It's, it's been in rain, it's been in snow, it has drugged calves to the fire, it is Dr. Gearlands, and it even saved him from a mad cow 
on a ranch not too long ago. <laughs> so anyway, on behalf of Save the Cowboy and myself, there you go. Love you, too. Thank you. You're welcome. Ty, I want you to know that it is a symbol of tying on to God's love, His Word, and the ministry that He has called you to do. You can slip rope on every critter, but don't slip rope on what He's called you to do because you're doing an amazing job and you're making an amazing impact, and He is doing those four things. I have watched Him start trusting. I have watched Him start understanding I have watched him start experiencing, and I have watched him get out there and do it. I've seen him not accept any praise from anybody. I've seen him start depending on God's mighty power, and I am watching God accomplish infinitely more than that man could ever do on his own. But it's not reserved for him. He is being used by God as an example to every single one of you here on the radio and watching online. Get out there and do what God has called you to do. Let's go to him in prayer. God, thank you so much for loving us. God, some of us, they're just right there. They're just right there. That they, they want infinitely more than what they can accomplish on their own, but they're just scared. They have a fear inside of them of what, what they're going to lose. But God, let us not focus on what we lose. Let us focus on how much there is to gain. And we, what we have to gain is you, a relationship with you. Through, as the old hymn said, through whom all blessings flow. God, thank you for loving us first. Thank you for loving us even though we're sinners. And help us to go, grow, and gather in this world so that when we finally get up there and meet you face to face and receive those five buckles, that you will look at us and say, well done my good and faithful cowboy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.